And so a reading from Mark's Gospel, chapter 15, commencing at the first verse. Very early in the morning, the chief priests with the elders, the teachers of the law and the whole Sanhedrin reached a decision. They bound Jesus, led him away and handed him over to Pilate. Are you the king of the Jews? asked Pilate. Yes, it is as you say, Jesus replied. The chief priests accused him of many things. So again Pilate asked him, aren't you going to answer? See how many things they are accusing you of. But Jesus still made no reply. And Pilate was amazed. Now it was the custom at the feast to release a prisoner whom the people requested. A man called Barabbas was in prison with the insurrectionists who had committed murder in the uprising. The crowd came up and asked Pilate to do for them what he usually did. Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? asked Pilate, knowing it was out of envy that the chief priests had handed Jesus over to him. But the chief priest stirred up the crowd to have Pilate release Barabbas instead. What shall I do then with the one you call the king of the Jews? Pilate asked them. Crucify him, they shouted. Why? What crime has he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, crucify him. Wanting to satisfy the crowd. Pilate released Barabbas to them. He had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. The cross has long been a symbol of the Christian faith and is at the front of most churches as ours. And of course some even carry smaller ones around with them. A TV programme I've just recently got involved or interested in is called The Repair Shop. I don't know if you've watched that, but if you haven't, it's a barn somewhere down in Kent uh, where people can take old things that are either broken or don't work or generally uh, in need of some TLC. And they have experts down there that can restore items often using skills and crafts that date back many years that have been handed down. I was watching a programme, I was catching up on a programme a week or two back, I think it had originally gone out about autumn time. And on this occasion, people brought in a cross, about six inches high, I guess, uh, quite ornate, and it was actually broken in two. And they asked the people brought it in, well, what's the story? How did it come to be in that state? And the story was that this had belonged to the person's grandfather. And in the Second World War, he'd been shot once in the face. And the second one had hit this cross, which he'd got in his breast pocket. And the inference was fairly certain that if that bullet had not hit the cross he would have died there and then. And there was much talk about how the grandfather had been saved by the cross. 
Now, whether there was divine intervention in that case or just an element of good fortune, I don't know. But being saved by the cross, something that many of us can claim to an extent, although I would have to say with great respect to some of the older hymn writers, it's not so much the cross that should be precious to us as the Son of God who died on the cross for our sins. And of course that cross symbolises that as well as the fact of that, that Jesus died for our sins, the cross is empty because that is not the end of the story. But the death of Jesus on the cross is something that has changed countless billions of lives down the centuries. I want to look at two of them this morning and we saw in that last video. The centurion and Barabbas. Two people who only feature in the Bible, in the story surrounding the crucifixion. That centurion had to be a very hard man. Crucifixion was perhaps the most barbaric form of execution man has ever devised. It was finally banned by Emperor Constantine in the 4th century as being too inhuman. But as we saw from the video, he was used to crucifixions. He was used to seeing people put to death. And yet, this particular occasion, there was something unique about what happened. Most people, I'm sure, would put up a fight. They would scream obscenities at the soldiers. They would plead that they were innocent. Jesus put up no fight. He didn't say, I'm innocent and don't deserve to die, although that was completely true. And rather than shouting at the soldiers, he prayed, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. How different that was. How different other things were around Jerusalem. The curtain in the temple was torn from top to bottom. The curtain in the temple was probably about an inch thick. Not someone that man could just rip apart. In any case, it was torn from top to bottom. No one could get up there. And also darkness covered the land from the sixth hour to the ninth hour, from midday to 3pm, dark. Then there was the way Jesus died. You know, I'm sure he looked at Jesus and somehow he thought, well, there's something different. You know, someone being executed has absolutely no control over their situation. And yet there was a sense that in a way Jesus still had some control. You see, Jesus' dying words were not a whimper. We read that with a loud voice he called out, It is finished. The work of salvation was complete. 
and he could go to the Father. The centurion can only say, surely this man was the Son of God. That's a testimony many have been able to claim down the years. I wonder if you can this morning. Truly Jesus is the Son of God. Then there's Barabbas. Matthew describes Barabbas as a notorious prisoner. Both Mark and Luke refer to him as someone who had committed insurrection and murder. He was under sentence of death. I do remember a film that I saw a very long while ago, made way back in the 1960s, that actually suggested that the two men crucified alongside Jesus were actually part of Barabbas' gang. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know. But literally, Barabbas was expecting to be put to death, and he didn't. Quite literally, Jesus died in his place. We don't know for certain what happened to either of those two men afterwards. There are some historical accounts, although it's difficult to see how accurate they are. But clearly the death of Jesus had a life-changing impact on both of them. I wonder what the death of Jesus this morning means to you. Early hymn we sung said, He died that we might be forgiven. He died to make us good that we might go at last to heaven, saved by his precious blood. Have you ever come to the point of realising that Jesus died on that cross for you? If you haven't, you can do this morning by simply reaching out and asking for his forgiveness and for his help. And if that's something you want to know more about, then there will be contact details, uh, email, text number and a phone number uh, you can contact in the credits at the end of this service. For all of us, the challenge is, what do we think of Jesus this morning? Jesus who died on the cross for us, who gave his life, who calls us now to follow him, to give our lives as an offering of worship to the servant king. May we do that this morning. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you. Lord, thank you doesn't seem adequate enough, but we do thank you for your great sacrifice when you sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. And Lord, I pray that you will help us. Lord, any that are listening to this service that have never come to the point of accepting you as their Lord and Saviour, Lord, I pray you'll meet with them right now where they are. And Lord, they want to give their lives to you. And Lord, for those of us that have come to that point of accepting you, Lord, help us to live as people that are saved 
by your grace. People that have been saved by a tremendous price that was paid. Our Lord, keep us thankful through this day that you died for our sin because that was the only way our sin could be forgiven. Lord, thank you. Bless us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.